This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Bad doctrine of faith and healing and name and claim it, blab it and grab it, shaking and bake it, preachers on TV. And they're telling you, oh, you need more faith, 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 faith. And it's like we have a bag of faith and we need to keep filling it in. Oh, I'm going to pray more so I get more faith. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible more so I get more faith. Oh, I'm going to fast longer. I'm going to fast for 50 days. Jesus 40, I'm going to do 50. So I could build up my faith. What happens if you were healed? What happened if God did answer your prayer? Is it based on how much faith you had, or is it based on the one you have faith in? Just like the Bible tells us, our faith isn't about how much we have or how much we can get. It's about the quality of what we do have. God's Word tells us that our faith only needs to be the size of a mustard seed. That's really small. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will share about the importance of having small but incredibly strong faith. That tiny amount of faith may seem inadequate, but our faith is about God and what He can do. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message by faith. Let us now turn to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, And it's best that we open the scriptures together so that we know, you know, that what we are teaching here, what we study is directly from the scriptures. And so Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are alive, you're seated on the throne, and Lord, not only you're the heart of worship, you're the heart of our study. The word is all about you, it came from you, it's about you, Lord. We just ask now that your Holy Spirit, um, who inspired the writer of Hebrews to write this letter some 2,000 years ago. And we know your word is alive. It never returns back to your void. It will never hit the ground. And Lord, 2000, almost 2,000 years later, Lord, we are still learning so much from the book, our study. And so we ask your Holy Spirit to be with us, Lord. Open up our hearts, Lord. Open up our minds, Lord. May we receive your word as it was inspired almost 2,000 years ago. Lord, you're alive and well, and you don't expire. (laughs) Your word doesn't expire. It is applicable for us today. Though it was written for Hebrews, it is applicable for us. We ask this in your name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, in our last study, we looked at chapter 10, verses 26 to 39, verses 26 to 39, and we're in the second section of the book of Hebrews, and we just finished uh, studying the fourth warning. Now, there are five warnings in the book of Hebrews, five warnings. We just uh, studied the fourth warning in our last study, and it was the warning of apostasy, the warning of apostasy, or apostasia in the Greek, and it tells it, it's referring to those, it's referring to those those who sin willfully. It does not apply to unbelievers. It does not apply for those who are not saved. He is speaking to those, and he gave us some clues. He's speaking. He clued himself. He says, we, we, if we sin willfully. 
He's speaking to fellow Hebrew believers. And in verse 26, it says they have received the knowledge of the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So they've received the truth, number one. We saw, secondly, that they were illuminated. And so he says, why don't you go back? Remember, don't go back to, don't go back to the temple. Don't go back to the sacrifice of animals. He, said, he says, but recall, verse 32, the former days in which after you were illuminated. So they were believers. So what is he saying here? If they sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, after being illuminated, if they sin willfully, that is to go back to Judaism, then uh, he goes on to say that is an apostasy. That's apostasia. The word apostasy, apostasia means to rebel, to abandon, to fall away. He says in verse 26, at the end of verse 26, verse 27, he says, there no longer remain to sacrifice for sins. Why? Because the only sacrifice for sin was Jesus Christ. So they're walking away from that, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. And so remember, what is it talking about? Keeping everything in context. Context in Bible study is king. The book of Hebrews was written by Hebrews for Hebrews. They were tempted to go back to Judaism, to the old sacrifice, to the old system. He says, that was all a shadow. Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the one. Other than that, there is no, remains no sacrifice. Don't go back to the old ways. And that would be apostasy. Now, and that's applicable for even Gentiles. You may say, well, this is for even, no, it's up, everything applies to us. Because we need to understand who Jesus is. And that's what the book of Hebrews does. It points to Jesus as the Mashiach, the Messiah. Okay? And it applies for us Gentiles as well. Because if after we've known the truth, after we've been illuminated, and we find another way and say, yes, I'm gonna, I found a better way than Jesus, that's apostasy. You have abandoned the truth. And so we need to be careful. Thus, the reason for warnings. Warnings are there because there's a warning. If there was, it wasn't necessary for warning, then there wouldn't be a warning. The reason why it's in the Bible. Then in verses 32 to 39, the writer encourages the first read of Hebrews, and it also encourages you and me uh, to, how to avoid apostasy, and that is by one word, faith. Faith. And so he quotes an Old Testament prophet by the name of Habakkuk in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. He quotes, it says, and the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That has changed the course of many denominations. It, it, it changed the life of Martin Luther from a Catholicism into a Protestant Reformation, the movement of that. He nailed the 95 Thesis on the door. The just shall live by faith, not by works, not by religion, not by rules and rituals, by faith. Faith, and is mentioned four times in the entire scriptures. Now that brings us to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the most popular chapter in the book of Hebrews. It is also the easiest chapter to understand. So there's going to be a lot of application here. It is uh, a chapter to understand. It's a chapter about faith. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 7, verses 1 through 7 of Hebrews chapter 7, and then we'll look at it in, you know, verse by verse. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The writer writes this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, 
Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And it was not found because he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preached prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, after the writer, the writer had introduced us to faith. He introduced us to faith back in chapter 10, verses 38, 39, right? The just shall live by faith. Now in chapter 11, what he's going to do, he's going to give us great examples of faith. As I mentioned before we read the text, that it, chapter 11 is the most popular chapter in the book of Hebrews. It is the easiest to understand because it deals with faith. In fact, uh, many commentators or preachers and teachers had given chapter 11 titles. So it has a lot of titles. And I give you quite, uh, I'll give you a few of them. It is called the faith chapter or the hall of faith, the hero of faith, the saint's Hall of Fame, the Westminster Abbey of Scripture, the honor roll of the Old Testament saints. And that is because the writer will list a group of godly men and women who in the Old Testament, because of their faith in God, they were saved and they were sustained by God. The Old Testament saints had a 2020 spiritual vision, if you will, and they patiently endured uh, all kinds of persecution, trials, and tribulation because of faith. And you know that faith in God, by which God, you know, is in God, we, we are saved and we are sustained. So it is our faith that keeps us and saves us. The reality is we're dealing with the topic of faith is that every single one of us have faith. Every single one of us, right? You have faith that when you turn on the water faucet, water's going to come out unless you didn't pay your bills or I don't know where you live. But, uh, you know, you have faith in a lot of things. You have faith in the seatbelt in your car when you go in your car. So we do have a measure of faith, if you will. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Obviously, that is speaking of the spiritual life in Christ. But we all have faith in something. We all have faith and we use it every day. Hopefully, as we complete our study of Hebrews chapter 11, that your faith will be built and you will live by faith. And just to give you a little background, again, the writer of Hebrews, a Hebrew writing to Hebrews, and what he's doing here, remember, we want to keep it in context. Let's go back to the first readers of Hebrews. It's it's applicable for us, but let's look. What the writer of Hebrews is trying to do, he's trying to point to the first readers of Hebrews that to depart from the faith is to depart from the Old Testament saints. To depart from the faith is to depart from the Old Testament uh, saints. And the Old Testament saints uh, was their forefathers. They were the, the patriarch, the saints. And they all looked up to them. They respected them. They admired them. And they learned from them. So he's gonna, this is what he's going to do. He's going to say, hey, you know, we believe in Moses, David. We believe in you know, Abraham. And he's going to list them in chapter 11. 
Now, if you recall, he encouraged the readers of Hebrews to uh, imitate those of faith. Back in Hebrews chapter 6, you remember when we looked at the third warning, it is the warning of of spiritual immaturity. After that, in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 to 12, the writer of Hebrews writes this, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but, here it is, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It's the reason why we have the Bible in front of us. We can look at the lives of these godly men and women who by faith continue, and they were sustained by God, they were saved by God. Now, that's a little introduction, and I'll give you some additional information for you students who are taking notes. Um, the word faith is mentioned 25 times in these 40 verses. Hebrew chapter 11 is made up of 40 verses, and the word faith is mentioned 25 times. The words by faith, by faith, is mentioned 40 times in the entire New Testament, almost half of that in this chapter alone. It's mentioned 18 times, by faith, by faith, by faith. Also, in chapter 11, he's going to list for us 16 Old Testament saints. That's going to give an example of those saints who stayed the course, who patiently endured and uh, finished till the end because of faith. Lastly, before we get into the chapter, uh, the, the faith chapter of the Hall of Faith, uh, I think it's imperative that we understand uh, what is faith. What is faith? And we need to look at some of the aspects of faith. Number one, it, the aspect is of intellectual assent. And that is to believe, believe something to be true. Believe something to be true. The second aspect is trust. Faith has to deal with trust. And that's to rely on the fact that something is true. Something is true. Thirdly, we kind of touched on it a little bit, is that we're all given a measure of faith, even in our walk with the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 again. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And then fourth and finding, which I think is important for all of us to know, because I think we all have faith, but we always depend on it. Sometimes we think that we need a lot of it, you know, uh, and so we put more emphasis on quantity rather than quality. Quantity rather than quality. So faith is quality. It's not so much how much faith you have. And though there are passages in the Bible that appear to point to a lot of faith, the reality is all you need is a faith as a mustard seed, right? A mustard seed. Now, what would happen? Because, you know, what happens is, there's a lot of false teaching out there about when it comes to prosperity, to be wealthy, to be healthy, right? You see the TV evangelists, right? They're telling you to trust in the Lord. Meanwhile, they're asking you for $1,000, right, to sow a seed, right? Or they tell, oh, if you're sick, uh, you know, just send me a cloth. I'll send you a cloth. It will just a donation, and we'll send you a cloth, and you depend on this cloth, and you could be healed, and faith has destroyed a lot of people. There's the, the bad doctrine of faith and healing and name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, shaking and bake it, preachers on TV. And they're telling you, oh, you need more faith, 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 faith. And it's like we have a bag of faith and we need to keep filling it in. Oh, I'm going to pray more so I get more faith. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible more so I get more faith. Oh, I'm going to fast longer. I'm going to fast for 50 days. Jesus 40, I'm going to do 50. So I could build up my faith. What happens if you were healed? What happened if God did answer your prayer? Is it based on how much faith you had or is it based on the one you have faith in? There's a difference. 
If you recall, when Jesus saw the man at the pool by the pool at Bethesda, what did he say to the man at the pool at Bethesda? He didn't say, hey, do you believe in me? He said, do you want to be well? And, he, and he's just thinking, well, are you going to help me get to the, the pool? Okay, there's some kind of, they had a little, there was a theory that an angel will cause the pool to bubble up. And when it bubbles up, they will run to the pool and they'll get healed. That was the belief. And so he's telling Jesus, I can't walk to the pool. By the time it starts bubbling up, you know, I can't get there. Jesus didn't say, but do you believe? No, Jesus says, do you want to walk? And, and he just kept saying, I can't get to the pool. Jesus says, get up and walk. Did Jesus say, oh, you, wait a minute. Oh, go back. Get back down. How much faith do you have? Do you believe? No. Jesus didn't say nothing about faith. He just asked. He said, do you believe in me? No, he didn't say that. He said, do you want to walk? And he healed him. And so we put so much faith. And then what happens is many Christians are rocked and destroyed because of false teachings about faith. I remember when Judy was, she was going through, she was, she was sick, and um, a family member gave a, a, a serious cassette, How to Be Healed. Wow, this is it. How to Be Healed. Forget about the Bible and prayer. It's all in here. And they had this cassette. It was cassettes that time. Those of you who know what a cassette is. Let me describe. That's no, good. And so she put on the cassette, and it's one of those TV evangelists. And we knew we just wanted to entertain a family. Let's see what this guy has to say. And he gave a story about a man who had cancer in his church. And he said that this man died of cancer. And the reason why he died, he wasn't healed because he didn't have enough faith. That has destroyed Christians. And all these, you know, wacko healing crusades. They come into the town. They come into the village. They come into the community. They put up their tent. People come thinking they're going to be healed. And guess what? They pack up and leave. And the church is left to explain to them why God didn't heal them. All these evangelists. They, they, oh, they got these healing miracles. Why don't you go to the hospitals? The man that had leprosy went to Jesus. Jesus. If you are willing, if you are willing, heal me. Jesus said, I am willing. So I want to get this aspect of faith because quite often, you know, the enemy's lying to you. There's false teachings about faith as if you have to have a bag. Well, let me see how much faith you have. As God up there say, well, the bag's not full yet. I'm not going to heal you. The bag is half empty or half full, whichever way you want to say. God would know the answer to that one. But as if, if it fills up, oh, I got, I have to heal them. It's not my will, or I have to make them rich because it's not my will. So, but he filled the bag. So guess what? Because he filled the bag, I got to do it. You see how that works? How about this? You remember when the disciples asked Jesus in Luke chapter 17, verses 5 and 6? It says, and the apostles said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. What did Jesus say? If you have faith as a mustard seed, mustard seed is very small. But you plant that little seed like the size of a period and it grow huge. And he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, he didn't say a big seed. He didn't say a lot of mustard seeds. He didn't say plural, a mustard seed, singular. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted by the sea and it will obey you. Now, it's just talking about trials and tribulations, mountains in, in the other gospels. So he needs a mustard seed. 
Jesus didn't say, oh, let me see how many seeds you have. No. So it is not how much faith we have, but in whom we put it. That is what faith is. Because our faith is only as great as the object on which we place it. It is Jesus Christ. Again, you know, we put this so many, oh, I pray more. No, no. Faith. Leave it in God's hands. So that's faith. Um, And so we're going to look at uh, chapter 11. We're going to walk through the hall of faith. But first, we need to, uh, I'm going to give you, for those of you who are taking notes, give you how our study is divided. In verses 1 to 3, in verses 1 to 3, he's going to give us the description of faith, the description of faith. In verses 4 through 7, we're going to look at the examples of faith, the examples of faith. So let us study our text verse by verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 1 is the only verse in the Bible that gives us a description of faith. It's a description. It is not the definition of faith. Don't confuse the two. It is a description. Thus, this is the reason why he is going to give those examples of faith. But it's a description. And it's described, in two, it's described by two. He said, first, it's a substance. The first word is substance. The second one is evidence. But substance, some of your translation, you may have assurance But in the Greek, it literally means a setting, a substructure, a foundation, or the essence or the reality is some other translations as well. So in other words, kind of summing up with this this portion of substance, faith treats things hoped for as reality. And understand that in your walk with the Lord, faith treats things hoped for as a reality. And that's what faith is all about. Secondly, is the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence, it's, uh, in the Greek, it means proof or conviction. It's a legal term and that is used as, as in a courtroom and is, to, is regarding proof of a person's innocence or guilt. And so faith itself proves that what is unseen is real. Unseen, it's real. You know, and that's what faith is all about. And he said, okay, faith. You know, we talk about things that we need to see. Well, you know, we don't see love. We see the evidence of it. We don't see the air. We, we feel the evidence of it. We're using it. It's going in and out of our lungs. We see the evidence of it. Dr. J. Oswald Sanders writes this, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of Hebrews in a series called Jesus is Better. This book touches on so many amazing things, but really ties in the Old Testament covenant with the new. The author mentions the importance of the high priest and the sacrifices that were made. But the point is that Jesus became the high priest and also the sacrificial lamb for all people. Isn't it amazing how Jesus fulfilled all that was in the Old Testament? It's because Jesus became the high priest that now we can go to him for our strength, our courage, and our hope. Another way to come to God is in prayer. Jessica wants to tell you more about this. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. 
The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program. And we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks for listening to Running the Race.